a lot of the things, Michael, leaders are allowing because we don't understand the personality of the father, that he's not only kind, but he is severe as well. And we don't understand the principles in the kingdom. Yes. A lot of the stuff we go through as leaders, we're allowing in our culture. Encouraging, inspiring, and equipping leaders. This is Coach and Joe. Michael Thornton, have you ever heard the term wolves in sheep's clothing? Yes, I have. I believe shepherds allow a lot of demonic activity in their churches because they're unwilling to confront gently in conflict those who are partnering with the devil more than the Lord. What do you think about when you hear the the term wolves in sheep's clothing? Well, the first thing I think of, obviously, are the animals themselves. Um, I see a picture of a sheep and a wolf. And to me, what stands out is that there's an appearance of a sheep, which is innocent, harmless, but inside there's a wolf. And so it raises so many flags within me to uh, to see people that way, because the reality is when Jesus used that statement, he's talking about people who will appear innocent, who will appear even as friends and as close people, but inwardly they have different motives that are like wolves. Why do you think that marketplace leaders deal with issues of division more easily, it seems, on their teams than even pastors. What is it about so many pastors and Christians that are scared to death to confront someone? I think one of the major things that pastors and church leaders face, Christian leaders, even the marketplace face with that issue, is the it's the value and not even value, but the vision of love. So obviously we know love is paramount in the kingdom, the gospel, it's the foundation of so many things. But at the same time, what I find is that many people have adopted culture's version of love instead of what biblical love is. And I think a lot of people don't have a healthy biblical view of what love is. And that gets a lot of people in trouble thinking that they're expressing genuine love, but really there's an illegal sense of love that gets them in a lot of trouble. I think so. If I say often that a misconception is the most dangerous thing in the world, and so a misconception, honestly, is the reason that men flew planes into the Twin Towers. They believed in the bottom of their hearts they're serving God. Mm. If a misconception is very, very dangerous, then the only thing that can fix that is a proper conception. And here's who I follow more than anyone on that, Jesus Christ himself. Mm. I read the Apostle Paul. I, I have said often, Michael, I'm not so sure Paul would be allowed to pastor a church in the United States of America. You say, why would you say that? Yeah. Because he spends a lot of his time on, what was the passage you read earlier, right before we started the show on uh, rebuking? Second Timothy 4. Read that. That the whole idea here is how we're supposed to be as leaders and how we use the word of God in leadership. Yeah. Paul shares this advice with Timothy, a leader he's raising up. And in second Timothy four, two, he says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, ready to reprove, rebuke, exhort in great patience. We have a lot of teachers. We have a lot of people that can exegete, exegete the text very, very well. I remember taking a class on hermeneutics in seminary. Fathers and mothers do what you just said. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be a whole lot of fathers and mothers around in the marketplace and in the church. Yes. I think a lot of it has to do with where we are as a culture. I mean, look at the political agenda of the leftist ideology. How dare you tell me anything that contradicts what I think is norm? Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, a universe a universalist relativism mindset of I determine what my truth is. Paul, Paul, Paul was a father. Yes. I remember where I was when the Holy Spirit told me that the most important contribution when he raised up Timothy 
You know that Timothy became the pastor of the largest church in the world in Ephesus? Wow. He also raises up Titus. So let's set the scene here of the factious man of Titus 3.10. The factious, factious man, man of Th- Let me read Titus 3.10. I'm going to hear your thoughts before I dig into it. Okay. Reject a factious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. Titus 3.10 through 11. Reject a factious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning, being self-condemned. Your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's very clear. It's uh, There is clear instruction of basically how to manage relationships in our lives. So even what we were talking about, you know, the church has been good in many ways in training and teaching and equipping people with worship, with prayer, with giving, with serving. One thing the church really has done not really well in is raising people up how to do relational management and how to manage our friendships, our relationships, how to define and align our friendships and relationships. And I think uh, in this scripture, this is a defining of the relationship. So there's obviously some, some things going on with this individual and they're carrying maybe gossip, maybe slander, unforgiveness. They're carrying some type of bitterness, sin in their hearts. And he, the leader's noticing it and he's giving instruction saying, listen, warn them once, right? Warn them twice, which is grace. This is mercy. But a third time, he's like, have nothing to do with them because if they're unrepentant, if there's no change in the behavior, if there's no change in the action, he says something that our culture really has a problem with. And that is, then you have to terminate the friendship. I believe the reason why is because if we don't do that in a toxic relationship, then we run the risk of that relationship um, affecting us in our relationship with God because the word of God says, don't be misled. Bad company will always corrupt good character. I have a passion to help young pastors learn how to become a better shepherd. I'll never forget when the father told me that a lot of the warfare that I was experiencing where I was leading was unnecessary because I did not know how to shepherd yet. And I said, please show me. And he took me to Titus 3.10. There are a lot of young leaders that are going through things in their ministries, in their marketplace, and it's not coming from the hand of the Father. Let, let me state the most obvious thing about this passage. He's talking to Titus, a leader. Yep. In a minute, he'll get on and talk about what it means to be an elder. I want to be really clear on this and hear your thoughts. Why are so many shepherds, leaders, CEOs, Elders, why are they afraid to confront a factious person? And before you answer that, what does factious mean? If I'm going to take a guess at factious, I hear the word fraction in that word. And so to me, fraction is, you know, you're divided in cliques and people groups. And so fraction in community could look like, well, there's a certain group over here. I, I really connect with this leader, but I don't like this leader over here. And another group will say, well, I like this leader, but not that leader. So the next thing you know, you have different fractions and groups within a whole community that causes so much division. And I think that's what that word is pointing towards. And the number one reason, I, I believe there's many reasons why leaders have a hard time going into what Titus 3.10 says is obviously there's a degree of fear, fear of man, which looks like the fear of maybe losing a friendship, the fear of a fallback, the fear of retaliation. Uh, There's a lot of fear around it. If I had to put a word on it, it'd be fear. In Greek, it's 
E-T-O-K-I-S. It means a self-chosen party or sect causing division, not necessarily heretical in the sense of holding doctrine. It refers to one who is drawing disciples to himself. Unbelievable. You and I heard Dave Ramsey talk on gossip and slander. Were you with me? When they yes. Did? He talked on gossip and slander for an entire session at one of his conferences. There was a, an, a female employee. He even said her name because I think they're reconciled now. And uh, she was drawing uh, employees to herself and people started following her and not Dave. It was causing division. Dave realized that he was the problem, not her. Mm. I want to state the obvious here. This is, he's talking to Titus here and a, a few times with Timothy. He's like, you got to get out of your timidity. A lot of the things, Michael leaders are allowing because we don't understand the personality of the father that he's not only kind, but he is severe as well. And we don't understand the principles in the kingdom. Yes. A lot of the stuff we go through as leaders, we're allowing in our culture. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I would say this, like there's right, there's a mindset, especially in the in the faith world, of when we come up against challenges, hard times, difficulties, it's immediate assumption, this is the devil attacking me. This is the enemy attacking me. But the reality is a lot of times it's what I call self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. This is a form of self-sabotage mm-hmm. where we are not either doing what's required of us or there's maybe an area of ignorance we just don't know about. Yeah. And that keeps us into a place of timidity or or willing to act out. And we're actually self-sabotaging our own purpose. It's going to seem a little extreme what I'm about to say, but I, I believe it in my whole heart. It's the unwillingness to confront a factious person is idolatry. And here's mm-hmm. why. It's fearing man more than God. Man, that's it. So idolatry is anything I'm getting my uh, strength from other than the Father himself. Idolatry can be all sorts of things. I mean, you think about idolatry in the year 2022, it's kind of weird to think, what does that mean? You're putting statues of Baal in your front yard? No, Mm -hmm. you just might. You might care more about your own reputation than being obedient to the Father. I I believe in this day and hour, Michael, in these end times, that a leader not willing to confront a factious person gently is... Because we know the sign of the end times is more and more of this stuff. Gossip, slander, and divisions, and people falling away from the faith. Shepherds got a shepherd. Yes. I, I believe we need we need fathers to help and mothers to help people learn how to be shepherds. Uh, I want to throw this word in here. Mm. Strong concordance renders that word I just said, which is the Greek word of factious, as schismatic. Mm. And boy, you hear schismatic. Sure. Watch this. It comes from the Greek erethia. It means ambition, self-seeking rivalry. Wow. So basically, long story short, what Paul's getting here with Titus is saying, listen, a factious person is someone with their own agenda Mm -hmm. coming to do their own thing inside of a community. Who does this make you sound like before humans? Who does this remind you of before humans were even created? This this reminds me of the author named Satan, the enemy. I mean, it's so funny you say that. I'm sitting here getting a picture of that right now. I was thinking, in heaven, the father had to confront him because he was a high-ranking mm-hmm. angel and who was really looking at himself. It became selfish mm-hmm. ambition. And then he took a third of the angels with him, which mm-hmm. was a fraction. Mm-hmm. I always say it was the original church split. Mm-hmm. That was the first church split. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the million-dollar question is, and I, I don't know the answer, and I'm not sure I trust anyone that thinks they have the answer, how remarkable is it that the Father didn't stop that from happening in mm-hmm. heaven? And you know what? Uh the Father, we we co-labor with Jesus Christ. And a lot of times if you say, well, I'm just going to trust the Father to to deal with that factious person. That's not what the Word says. No. The Word said we are to fight for unity in faith communities and our businesses. 
the blessing of the Lord uh, demands, the, the, the unity of the brethren demands a blessing of the Lord. Mm. D- God hates division. He hates it. And even this can sound kind of harsh, people listening to it, but it, it's for our own good. It's for our own good. Well, here, this is what I love about the word. Like even in the scriptural context of Titus, of 2 Timothy, I mean, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. They're going through some of the same cultural issues, may not the exact same ones we're going through right now in 2022 in America or the globe, but they're going through cultural issues uh, with all the different nations. A lot of this to me too, it seems that the confronting part of it is there's been such a mixture of culture and the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so culture has become the defining lens Mm -hmm. for so many believers, but they really believe they have a great... uh, a theology of the gospel, but it's really culture. And so a lot of the fathering and mothering that we're seeing and we're having to do is confronting the culture out of the gospel itself. And that right there, it's uncomfortable because in order to do that, it's just going to be a little bit painful. Yep. Especially in today's world where your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. And how dare you uh, say what my truth is? And it's like, goodness mm. gracious, even the conversation on homosexuality, I could go on and on and on and on. The conversation about the Bible itself yes. now, it's like everything's up for argument. Well, not in the Father's eyes, it's not. Mm-mm. Let me give you a couple of examples of a factious person throughout the Scriptures. This is in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians eleven nineteen. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. 2 Corinthians 12, For I'm afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want to be. And you may not find me as you want to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. If a young leader says, or an older leader that says, all right, I'm sick and tired of letting so many things happen underneath my leadership. How do you take practical steps to, in a Christ-like manner, address a wolf? Well, absolutely. There's, There's some really good practical steps you could take. First one I always take is pray. So when I discern and see something that's not right, I want to begin to pray to get a word from the Lord. And I think that is the linchpin because once you have a word and it just really sets that meeting up. I would say the second thing is to discern the timing. I think there's a time to confront, there's a time to be quiet, and there's a time to pull out the sword of the Lord. And you have to be able to discern when the timing is. I think that's also, if you come in with a correction or, or a rebuke, rebuke that is necessary for the organization, for the church, but you do it in the wrong timing, it could also cause a lot of damage. So I think, I think the timing is really important. The third thing I would say is be uh, clear as possible, direct as possible um, in bringing what you need to bring. Fourth and final thing, if you're struggling, maybe you don't have a clear word from the Lord, but you have to have this confrontational meeting. Something that we've talked about and seen really work well is ask questions. Ask questions to begin to dig out what people are wrestling through. I think that's very wise. I even think it'd be wise for some of you. It's odd to say this because he usually talks about finances. YouTube Dave Ramsey's stance on gossip and slander in his own business. This is not just a conversation for Mm. uh, church leaders. But it deals with people in the marketplace. And I'm going to tell you this, and we'll close here. There's one thing you have to overcome if you're going to be a successful leader. And I'm someone that God has delivered me of this. Thank God. The idolatry of caring what someone thinks about you and obsessing on that to the point to where if you're not careful, you're going to pull an Absalom and you're going to start tending to the needs of people more than fearing God. You know that uh, King Saul did almost everything God told Mm. him to do. But that, but Samuel didn't applaud that. Mm-mm. Samuel went and said, "What is this sound in my ears? 
you got to get to a place as a leader, whether you're leading a Jiffy Mart, a football team, a family, a church, whatever. Do what he says, when he says, and how he says it, and do it gently and let the chips fall where they may because we are to fear God and fear God alone. That's it. Uh, That pretty much wrapped it up. I mean, that is powerful. One thought I had on that was Saul. Did you know this? I just realized when you did that passage, the reason why he doesn't kill those sheep is because the people were pressuring him to make a sacrifice. He was supposed to wait, but it was the pressure of the people that moved him to make an immature decision. How much more, man, on a leadership conversation, if you're a leader in any level, you're going to feel pressure at some point from people, from a decision you got to make. I think a really good takeaway is don't let the pressure of somebody force you into a decision that God may not be telling you to make. You obviously Love him with your whole heart. Mm. We do life together. I, I know you in your mantle and also just as a friend. Does it hurt your heart, the idea of you knowing that he wants you to do something and you just don't do it? It's it's the number one pain. That That is the number one heartache. What if you looked at the fear of the Lord through the lens of love and not some legalism? You know, fear of the Lord is just mm. tremendous respect and honor to our Father. And I'm just in a place where it's like, about to turn 50 years old anyway. Even if I lived another 50 years, I'm not going to be down here that long. All those people demanding me I make a sacrifice with those sheep and that saw metaphor, they ain't going to be there at the judgment seat. They're not They're not there in the secret place with me and Abba. Jesus says, you are my friend if you do what I command. Mm. So if as a shepherd in your business, the father is leading you to deal with a factious person, an employee, do that. I I, mm. I really believe He's showing me a picture right now. I just saw a like button in the spirit. I believe that approval is the number one snare of this gener- this young generation. Mm, you don't, don't get me started. It is yes. the number one snare. Well, if I do this, I may not be liked. How about this? Fear the one who has the authority to throw your soul into hell is what Jesus Christ said in that passage. Wow. That is in the Bible. <laughs> right? I'll fear God. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ that you would fear God above all. And may you make a vow. May you make a vow that whatever you're leading will not be a place open to factious people. Go before the Father and say, I take it so serious, Lord. I take this so serious. I am committing to you that I will shepherd the way you are showing me through the word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Coach and Joe Leadership Podcast. Don't miss the Coach and Joe Talk Show on YouTube and check out coachandjoe.com for more resources, blogs, and merch. We will see you next time.